Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, July 13th. On this date in 1923, it was the birth of an American icon, the Hollywood sign. The famous sign, which today sets Hollywood in 50-foot-high letters, is a landmark everyone would recognize. But until 1949, it had an additional four letters added to it. Do you know what the Hollywood sign originally said? I'll have that answer in just a few minutes. But first, let's see what today's forecast has in store. We'll head over to the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. And good morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Silvine here. Temperatures starting out in the 80s this morning will be around 91 at lunchtime, low to mid 90s for highs this afternoon. A couple of isolated storms around second half of the day. Just keep an eye out for that. First alert weather days begin tomorrow through the weekend. It may continue that well into next week also. This is going to be a prolonged stretch of very hot and humid weather. So be careful out there. We'll see temperatures top out in the 90s with heat index over 105 each afternoon and the chance of a couple of scattered showers and storms right through the weekend. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. Breaking news out of Somerville, where law enforcement are on scene of a shooting at an apartment complex. Yeah, let's head on over to first alert anchor Nick Reagan. He's got the latest details for us. Nick. Yeah, guys, we've got that breaking news of this hour. We now know that a person has been shot at a Somerville apartment complex. We uh, have a crew on scene there. Now let's take you out to that area. This is at the Oak Brook Apartments in Somerville. Now, specifically, this is Waters at Oak Brook near Old Trolley Road and uh, Midland Parkway. You can see it, all of those uh, police vehicles there, some traffic in that area as well. Now, in just the last five minutes, we have heard back from the Somerville Police Department. They sent us a statement saying, quote, we we are working a shooting. Details are limited. However, one person was shot. The individual was transported to a local hospital, unknown on the extent of the injuries. A shooting happened at that Waters uh, at Oak Brook apartment complex, and detectives are just arriving to that scene. They have no one in custody, but again, we'll continue to bring you updates as we learn more about uh, this shooting incident in Somerville. First responders from multiple agencies were called to a house fire in Dunes West in Mount Pleasant last night. A two-story structure fire was reported in the Pignatelli Crescent area just after 8 p.m. Mount Pleasant fire officials say 25 units found heavy flames once they were on scene. No injuries have been reported. The fire department is continuing to investigate the cause. After 77 days on the run from law enforcement, convicted killer Gerard Price is now back in custody. Price was considered a fugitive after the South Carolina Supreme Court overturned his release from prison back in April. He was serving a 35-year sentence for killing Charleston native Carl Smalls Jr. in 2002. The FBI says they made the arrest in New York with the help of local police. South Carolina officials tell us they got a phone tip which led the FBI to Price. Officials say that arrest happened in the Bronx area and no force was used. Price is now headed to Columbia to find out where he'll serve out the remainder of his sentence. The woman of a woman killed the family of a woman killed in an officer involved crash wants the officer behind the wheel to face legal action. On July 5th last year, Rodnesia Waring died at the intersection of Dorchester Road and Scarsdale Avenue after a North Charleston police car crashed into her at 82 miles an hour. The police department says officer Jeremy Kraft was responding to a shooting scene with both his lights and sirens on. Lawsuits 
newly filed lawsuit claims both the department and Kraft were negligent and reckless in their training practices. Kraft is no longer employed at the department and has been charged with driving too fast for conditions. We now know who is going to temporarily lead the city of Charleston's police department until a permanent replacement is found. Mayor John Tecklenburg chose Deputy Chief Cheeto Walker to be the department's interim chief. Walker has been with the department since 2000, serving as a patrolman, detective, and SWAT team member, and then deputy chief. He takes over the department after the previous chief, Luther Reynolds, passed away in May after a battle with cancer. The city is looking both nationwide and internally to find the next chief of police. The Charleston County School Board is continuing to discuss its 2024 budget. The $1.4 billion budget is expected to have a final reading next week. Our Emily Johnson tells us what questions some board members have before the budget's approval. The budget's second reading was approved at last night's meeting with the plans for the final approval of the budget to be discussed at next Tuesday's meeting. During the meeting, members of the Charleston County School Board of Trustees asked questions surrounding the 150-page budget. The budget includes major raises for teachers. District staff recommended teacher pay be boosted across the board by $5,000, increasing the starting salary for a new teacher to $48,146 a year. One of the budget categories purchased services, which includes property services, outsourced substitutes, and janitorial staff would be almost $9 million dollars more in the 2024 budget compared to the 2023. Uh, we've just increased the amount of purchase services astronomically and until we get an opportunity to take this budget apart department by department I see the potential for serious problems. The budget is expected to be finalized at next Tuesday's meeting. To view or read the entire budget, visit our website, live5news.com. Reporting in Charleston, Emily Johnson, Live 5 News. Today's SC Works Trident and Berkeley County will host a job fair to fill positions in at least 20 different departments. The in-house job fair will connect job seekers to employers like the Berkeley County government. Our Destiny Kennedy is live in Monk's Corner this morning. And Destiny, what can those job seekers expect from today's job fair? Good morning. The job fair will start at 10 a.m. and go until 1 p.m. here at the Berkeley County Administration Building. I'm told that most of the jobs will be entry-level positions. Officials say that attendees should bring an updated resume and be prepared for an on-site interviews. There are several openings among different departments. Some of those departments include information technology, public library, law enforcement, and positions for the Berkeley County government. Public information officer for Berkeley County, Jenna Lee Jameson says the community's response is very positive. People are appreciative that there's work available and that we have different opportunities. And it particularly um, Berkeley County government has paid holidays and state retirement and um, other good benefits. So I feel like it's a, it's a good job for um, someone that's looking for an entry level position, at least uh, this time around. You can find the full list of job openings in Berkeley County by clicking on this story at live5news.com. In Monk's Corner, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. Program to help Charleston businesses crack down on fake IDs is becoming permanent. The city's partnership with IntelliCheck allowed the use of their ID verification for six months in a, a pilot program. During that time, around 100,000 IDs were scanned and 3,400 fakes were found. 
Charleston Mayor John Tecklenburg says the program showed the software clearly helps prevent underage drinking, making the city safer. Now every business in the city of Charleston can enter the program and use the software at a discounted rate. The South Carolina Environmental Law Project is arguing that a proposed development in Charleston County is both illegal and harmful to a historic African-American community. The Charleston County Planning Commission upheld a decision approving a subdivision being built in the 10-mile community near the Coppahee Sound. The SCELP filed an appeal saying it violates the Historic Preservation Ordinance aimed at protecting historic African-American communities. The group claims the county approved the development with certification to build it there still pending. We have reached out to the County Planning Commission for comment, but we have not heard back. The potential for a new yacht club and several docks on Seabrook Island is concerning people who live on the island as well as environmental advocates. The town's leaders discussed those plans yesterday, which include the annexation of a portion of Charleston County into Seabrook Island. The 18-acre Andell tract that's up for discussion sits between Bohicket Marina and Betsy Carrison Parkway on Johns Island. The plans would bring a private yacht club with amenities and a boardwalk connecting to the existing Bohicket Marina. The main concern that people uh, who live on the island and other environmental advocates share is the impact that the project will have on the water. Well, sometimes it can be difficult paying for groceries and putting food on the table. That's why we want to tell you about some food giveaways happening. The first giveaway is today. It'll be at Macedonia Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ in North Charleston. You can see that address there on your screen. They'll start giving out that food at 4 p.m. and it goes until they run out of supplies. As always, the event is first come, first serve, so be sure to get there early and stay in your car as the food will be brought out to you. The next one will be on Saturday morning at 9.30. It'll be at the west side parking lot of North Charleston High School. Everyone should enter from the Hyde Avenue entrance. Bring your own cart bag or box to carry the groceries, and you can get as much produce as you want. There will also be chicken for the first 50 families. And we might be in the middle of summer break for the kids, but the city of Charleston is hosting its annual school supply drive to help you get ready for the school year. The first day festival is set to take place Sunday, August 13th. It'll be at the Gaylord Center in South Carolina Aquarium. There, students can get pre-packed bags of school supplies. To make it possible, the city is requesting school supply donations from the community through August 10th. If you'd like to donate those supplies, you can drop off those at those locations and find more on life5news.com. Just click on this web story. We start at the State House now. Governor Henry McMaster passed the ignition interlock bill aimed at strengthening the state's DUI laws. The law will make it harder for those convicted of DUI to drive impaired again. Anyone convicted of DUI will have to use a device that forces drivers to blow into it to start their cars. If any bit of alcohol is detected, that car won't start. Supporters say this is only the beginning and they're actually working to expand the requirement to anyone charged with DUI. A Lowcountry native who soared to the ranks of four-star general in the Air Force was awarded the Order of the Palmetto, the highest award a civilian can receive in South Carolina. Yesterday, Governor Henry McMaster presented the award to General Lloyd W. Newton. Newton was born in Ridgeland and was commissioned as a second lieutenant from Tennessee State University. He flew over 200 combat missions during the Vietnam War, becoming the first African-American pilot to join the Thunderbirds in 1974. Since his retirement, he served as the Vice President for International Programs and Business Development for Pratt & Whitney Military Engines. 
The International Longshoremen's Association, which is the largest union of maritime workers in the country, hosted a rally for workers' rights at the state house. The union claims that Governor McMaster is trying to push workers back a century by breaking a signed agreement between the ILA and the shipping lines. The Hugh Leatherman Terminal is the newest one in the low country. We want to educate those in the maritime sector and also the manufacturing sector that we have a $1.5 billion terminal in Charleston that's idle, and the question is why. Well, one of the things I think is important for people to remember is that if Governor McMaster is successful in blocking and already agreed to a um, trade issue, what we're saying as South Carolinians is that our word doesn't mean a thing. Historically, the ports have offered some of the jobs to state workers and union workers. The ILA union argues that they made an agreement for all new terminals to have all union jobs. At the top of the show, I told you that on this date in 1923, the famous Hollywood sign made its debut over Los Angeles. But until 1949, it was more than just Hollywood. The sign was built to promote a new subdivision. It originally said Hollywood Land. Celebrating birthdays this Thursday, Johnny Gilbert, the man who serves as the announcer for TV's Jeopardy, is celebrating a big birthday today. Ready for this? He's 95 today and is still behind the mic. Happy birthday, Johnny. Also, Sir Patrick Stewart from Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Pickard is 83. Indiana Jones himself, Harrison Ford, is 81. And actor-comedian Cheech Marin of Cheech and Chong fame is 77. Thank you again for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. Hope you have a great Thursday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.